This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host tonight, David, and today's game will be pinning the Benchwarmer team of Marcus and Josh versus Mason and returning guest and assistant coach Byron Grubman. Byron, since you're our guest, uh, let's have you go first. I know it's your eighth appearance, but maybe you could remind us who you are and tell us how you're doing tonight. Yeah, so normally, you know, reporting out of Austin, Texas, but I'm in Peoria, Illinois, joining, you know, most of the bench warmers in the upper Northwest, or sorry, the upper Midwest. Marcus is in the upper Northwest. That's right. Um, no, doing well. Um, you know, I root for the San Francisco Giants, New York Giants, and UCLA Bruins, and play hockey and ref football, and otherwise just kind of hang out. So, yeah, doing great. Happy to be back, and looking forward to teaming up with Mason. Awesome. Well, Mason, with that kind of lead-in, how are you doing this evening? And why don't you tell us uh, how, what your team name is? Yeah, uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, I had the joys of finishing up my last session of state testing. Um, so that's what we've been doing for the past week and a half. So I just get to stand around and watch people click buttons on their computer for an hour and a half. It's always fun. It's um, it's all online and you're still having to proctor. Yeah, I have to give the, I, the weird thing is I have to time it by hand. So like, it's not automatic. I, I don't know. I don't know if they can set up all of that. Why can't right. they do that too? Exactly. I, you know, what, I don't know. I, I don't question at this point. Um, but yeah. So, um, we were not very imaginative with our team name because um, we, we ran out of inspiration. Um, so we came up with team BM because it's our initials and that's it. That's all we had. So could, okay. we couldn't do any better than that. So hopefully our, our trivia prowess will be better than our team name. Prowess. Right. Maybe, that's maybe you'll save your inspiration for a few right. minutes from now when we actually yes. get going. <laughs> all right. Good deal. Okay. Well, team BM. Okay. Marcus and Josh, who wants to go first and tell us the team name and who wants to go second. You want to go first, Al? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm doing well. Um, I know this is going to be in the future, but uh, Pate Hogan's episode dropped today, and I told everybody in the thread today. I was out uh, delivering at my work, had to pull over at the end and uh, (laughs) let a couple tears fall because, uh, man, that was so cool. And that's what I love about doing this. Like Sometimes it's like, oh, man, we got to record. But at the end of the day, the the all of you that listen, all of you that support – that's what that means. And that was really cool. So um, thankful, thankful to be here, ready to, ready to play. It's awesome. Great message. Josh, bring us back down. Wow. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I'm the guy who has no feelings typically. That's, that's exactly right. You could hear it probably in my voice during the, during, especially towards the end of that episode. It, uh, yeah, it was moving having paid on. So, but uh, yeah, it'll be great to have him on more and more times. So but not that, you know, it's, we love Byron and everyone else too. It's just, you know, obviously his story is a little, uh, a, a little, a little touching. So, yeah. but anyway, yeah. um, I'm doing well. And Marx is my team name today is going to be in honor of our good friend, Neil E. Fisher, because uh, I know this is a, you know, not an, a video. Uh, Josh holds book in front of screen holding book in front of screen uh, as you'll see on many of our uh, Facebook feeds 
that we are holding up the book that he wrote because we all received our copies um, today. And so our team name is going to be the main title of the book being Patrick Swayze. That's awesome. I'll believe yeah, it's real. When the book. I, yeah, when, when I hear that Eid has read it cover to cover, then I'll believe it's a real book. Because <laughs> <laughs> he promised he would. So uh, the we'll one thing is, I've never had a book that is like a like it's cushiony. It's got like this soft cover to it. I don't know if everybody's uh, like that. Like, so if you fall asleep on it, you're gonna be fine. It's like a little yeah. pillow. Nice. Well, hopefully you won't be falling asleep, but that's awesome. Yeah, I look forward to no, getting it. It wouldn't put well. you to sleep. I'm just Not saying, a, it's like if you're at, at night the end, no, it, and then yeah, at the end, exactly. You just use it as a pillow. This is like a coffee table book about coffee tables. Yes. <laughs> yes. Perfect. I love it. All right. I think we've got our teams. It's Team BM versus Being Patrick Swayze. And so I think we're ready for some trivia. Let's kick it over to Dan for the rules. We'll be starting off with the coin flip question to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from their points accumulated to see your today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. It's time for the coin flip. It's a 50-50 warm-up question. And since Byron is our guest, we will give this question to Team BM. So tonight's coin flip question is as follows. According to a Gallup survey conducted in 2019, are there more people in the U.S. who identify as being fans of auto racing or fans of golf? Now, to be clear, the way the Gallup survey was taken, you could check off as many as you wanted. So this doesn't mean it has to be their primary sport. It's just how many of them, how many people said they were golf fans and how many people said they were auto racing fans? Which one are there, which one are there more of? So I don't know how long ago it was, Mason, but I want to say it was probably five or six years ago. It could be 10 years ago, but like NASCAR was like America's most popular sport. Yeah, I, I know at least down here it's bigger, but for at least the South, I just don't know in general. A lot of people just find golf to be boring. That's the sure. sentiment, like sitting watching on TV for five hours. Um, but right, and does does the Gallup poll include people that play golf? Like I'm fans of playing golf, but don't necessarily watch it. Like right. I'm sure that's a greater proportion as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I would fine still with going lean towards. Racing. Yeah, I would lean towards auto racing, but you know, whatever. It's yeah. a coin flip. I wouldn't be surprised if it was golf. Yeah, flip, I'm yeah. fine with that too. That was kind of where I was leaning. Um, so I'm, I'm fine with it. We'll go with auto racing. Okay. Well, as of 2019, 33% of us citizens said they were auto racing fans and 32% of people said they were golf fans. So auto racing is correct. And that is 10 points for team BM. So heading into the first quarter, we have a score of team BM with 10 and being Patrick Swayze with zero. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. 
There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmersTP. Thanks. Today's first quarter will be pre- and post-game. Pre- and post-game. For this quarter, there will be four before- and after-style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings? The answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 25 points. Question number one in pre- and post-game. Playing his last game in 1995, the only one of the 19 NBA players that collected at least 2,000 career blocks who had more career blocks than career points, and the selection system that created matchups to determine college football champion from 1998 through 2013. We'll check in. TBM has checked in. Being Patrick Swayze, you can talk it out. So... Uh, the BCS was the Bowl Championship Series, I believe. And that would lead me to Minute Bowl. So are you good with that? I'm good with that. Okay. So we're going to check in with Minute Bowl Championship Series. Team BM, what did you guys have? Yeah, and we worked uh, back to front on this one as well with uh, Minute Bowl Championship Series. I don't like hearing the team BM is working back to front. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> I <say it> <laughs> that's that's not okay in my book, but that is get that, used to it. <laughs> that is points all around. Well done. Okay. On to question number two of pre and post game. The all-time leader in NBA field goal percentage, who is currently playing for his sixth team in the league since 2017. And the youngest of the three brothers that as of this season are the only brothers in NHL history to each play at least 1,000 NHL games. We're going to check in. All right. Being Patrick Swayze has checked in. Team BM, you get to talk it out. So I I was thinking for the first part, it had to be a big man. My first thought was Andre Drummond, but I don't think he's played for six teams. He's bounced around a bit. Um, Is he even still in the league? Yeah, he was with the the Lakers, and then he went somewhere else. you the Nets, maybe? I don't know. They, I, The next name I came up with was DeAndre Jordan, which is friendlier for pre- and post-game. And I'm trying to think if he's been to six teams, but I think he has because he he was with the Lakers, the Nets. I think he, he's with Philly now. Obviously Clippers. I think he was with the Mavs for a little bit. So because they well, had he, that. Well, he, like – yeah. Yeah. The first time. Yeah. And then, but then he actually went to the Mavs. I'm pretty sure okay. at some point. So that's five. So he may have went somewhere else somewhere along. I the think line. he did go somewhere else. And so, then Jordan Stall. I'm fairly certain one of the Stall brothers is named Jordan. I'm not certain if he's the youngest, but I know do there's know, Mark. Do you know Stahl. there's three of them? I know there's Mark Stall, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was a, a third one. But Stall is as close as I'm going to get with a hockey name. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know any trios of brothers that play in the NHL, so that's better than anything I have. I don't either, but when you said Jordan, I was like, okay, I know for sure there's a there's a Stahl brother, and I'm fairly certain he's named Jordan. Um, so, yeah, we can go with – we can check in with DeAndre Jordan Stahl. 
All right. And being Patrick Swayze, what did you guys have? Yeah, we uh, we ended up actually working this one back to front. Um, it's okay uh, for you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so Patrick Swayze can go, uh, he can do whatever he wants, right? That's right. If you question um, him, he'll roundhouse kick you right in the face. <laughs> that's right. Pants on. Uh, the, the third, I think, in the oldest Stahl brothers, Eric Stahl. If, you know, I didn't, I didn't have Mark. I, that's not one of the names that I had in my head. But we also knew that there's a Jordan Stahl. Um, and when I said Jordan is the youngest of the three, uh, Marcus was pretty quick to say DeAndre Jordan. And it makes sense. You know, a big man who's making buckets right there. I mean, and he's, and to he's make moved him. around a lot since the Clippers. Like, yeah. like Mason named a bunch of them. And yeah, he that's that made sense to me. So. Yeah, yep. so we are also checking in with DeAndre Jordan Stahl. And both teams are receiving points. Yeah, DeAndre Jordan, I lost track because he's bounced around. So he was with the Clippers for 10 years. And then I think everybody named the teams. But in the last, since 2018, he went from Clippers to Mavericks to ne- Knicks to Nets to the Lakers to the 76ers. I guess, you know, chasing the ring or whatever, trying to latch on as a backup big man. And yeah, everybody got it with, with the stalls. There's actually a fourth brother, but he didn't last that long. The three are Eric Jordan, Mark. And I think it was Mark who hit a thousand games this year. And they were sort of making a big deal because they were the first brothers to each have played a thousand games. So, and, well uh, done. and Andre Drummond was starting for the nets in these playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I think there comes a point where these NBA teams, it's like, you, you can't sign 35 year old veterans and sort of expect that they're going to carry you to a championship. So and sometimes they don't work as role players. So anyway. All right. Question number three. Former Providence Friars point guard with repetitive name who helped lead the Friars to the 1997 Elite Eight and WWE Hall of Famer and Intercontinental Champion with a pimp persona who was accompanied to the ring by a train of women. We can check in. <laughs> okay. Wow. Team BM has checked in and are high-fiving. Across the screen, being uh, Patrick's, being Patrick Swayze, you can talk it out. So I have a point of clarification. Are we looking for that character specifically for yes, said person? Yes, thank you. Yes. Okay, so the second half is the Godfather, and oh, and, it's it's and probably David's, just going to be is it God Sham Godfather? Ah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So we just won't have the the on there. Yeah, we'll right, right. Um. <laughs> I mean, did he did he, did he go to providence god sham god i don't know oh it works right i, would, I mean it, i don't you you said it and that sounds right to me that, and, uh, yeah, that's the right david was being frame. nice it's a hoe train let's call it what it is <laughs> once again, once again okay, it's time for everybody, everybody to come aboard to come aboard the train. train well done anyways all right uh yeah so go ahead. we'll check that in then yeah we're gonna check in with god sham godfather all right, at TBM, what did you guys have? So my my limited WWE knowledge cuts off about like late '90s, early 2000s Attitude Era. Um, you know, when he said repetitive name, my name my mine automatically went to God Sham God, and when I heard the train of women, yes, I, I'm fairly certain it's God Sham Godfather. And both teams are receiving points. Yeah, I've been I've been waiting to use this one for a while, and I. I ran it by Scott and Scott said, you're just lucky that Marcus is going to be on this episode. So, and well, we got By- a, hey, By- Byron was on it. <laughs> Byron nailed it so quickly. It's true. It's so very I true. It, I would have gotten there, but uh, I figured I didn't have to think about that. Like 
that's the same era that I watched as well. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. I, we I, talked about that as well. I said Josh is sneaky with his wrestling knowledge. He'll jump up and get one. Yeah. So, if and, it's uh, if it's current, I won't get it. Yeah. But if you're talking that, yeah, the Attitude Era. Hey, at least that. it wasn't a No Sean Marine, No Sean Marino, where you could have God Sham, God Sham, God. Repetitive <laughs> 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 chain of them. All right. Question number four. Site of the most famous win for the team that became the first team in U.S. history to appear on the covers of Newsweek, Time, and Sports Illustrated in the same week, and Major League veteran who played from 1998 to 2013, amassed 2,000-plus hits, and is the only player in history to win a gold glove at two different infield positions. Let's check it in. All right, being Patrick Swayze has checked in. Team BM, you have about a minute and a half. I, <clears throat> Go ahead. I, I think we, uh, like, I had to expand from what we had. So Mason and I both kind of fell on Lake Placid. And so we started right. thinking Sid or Sydney. However, I think, I'm not sure if you won a gold glove, but the time frame fits, or a gold glove in two different positions, rather. Uh, but the time frame fits for Placido. Blanco. Oh, okay. I was, yeah, I was, I was just I was like, Sid, part. Sid Bream was all I had for that's Sid all I had Sydney. too. And I was like, that, that's not, it's definitely way not too late, him. way too yeah. late for him. Yeah, that's the only one um, I had. So Placido Polanco, I think, fits the time frame. And if, unless there's like another, like whatever, Barcelona, if was like the dream team, if that was the, the first part of it, then fine. Yeah, I, I don't think it's Placido Domingo, so I think Placido Polanco would be a better guess than that. Okay. Do you want to go with that one? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. We'll check in with uh, Lake Placido Polanco. Polanco. Okay. And being Patrick Swayze, what did you guys have? Yeah. Um, we were both pretty quick on Lake Placid, and our our basically our talk was the identical. I was focused on Sid, and then Josh just said Placido dot, uh, you know, ellipses. And I said, oh, man. Okay. And I said Placido Polanco. So we're checking in with the same Lake Placido Polanco. Well done. And major kudos to both teams because that one was not easy in my mind. So Placido Polanco won the uh, Golden Golden Glove for the Tigers playing second base in 07 and 09. And then he switched to the Phillies and they put him at third and he won the gold glove at third. He's one of only two people that has won at multiple positions. The other one is actually Darren Erstad, but one of those was in the outfield and one of those was at first base, which I think is neither is anywhere near as impressive as winning at third and second. So anyway, okay. Well, at the end of the first quarter, thanks to the, uh, uh, thanks to the coin flip team BM is, has got a slight lead at 110 points and being Patrick Swayze is at hundred points. Support for today's Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. All of us here at Benchwarmers received the performance package as a part of our Manscaped sponsorship, and I can speak with authority that it is filled with all sorts of goodies. I highly recommend you give it a try. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 
20% off and free worldwide shipping when you use the code BENCH at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. So don't forget, use the promo code BENCH, B-E-N-C-H, at checkout, manscaped.com. On to the second quarter, and today's second quarter will be David versus Goliath. David versus Goliath. This quarter will consist of three pairs of questions, one easier, David, and one harder, Goliath. After hearing both questions, the teams will pick one of the two questions to answer, either David or Goliath. Each David question is worth 25 points, and each Goliath question is worth 50 points. Okay, question number one in David versus Goliath. For David, I want you to name any father-son duo where both father and son homered at some point in the Major League All-Star game. And for Goliath, I want you to tell me the name of the only three-generation family to play in the All-Star game. Okay, go with that then. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, I, I don't know for 100%, but all right, we'll check in. All right, being Patrick Swayze has checked in. Team BM, you have about 20 seconds. Yeah, so we we got to the point where we kind of have the David answer at, at the Bonds um, family, but I'm not super confident in it. And we tossed around the Boone family for the three generation. Mason, what do you think? Yeah, I'm. If I could think of a boon from so, this would be placing him with like the '50s, right? For for the grandfather. Yeah, I'm trying to rack my head for anybody that I can think of with that last name. It's not coming to me, but I, I just know it's I a three like generation it's MLB family. That well, that's hey, that's something. There probably aren't that many of them anyway. So at least we know that you know two yeah. of them made also play in the all-star game sure so we, can, we can we can hope that the grandfather did um because I, I can't think of any other me neither because i like said i'm just thinking of trying to think of names and be like 40s 50s names that you know carried over to more recently and i just nothing's coming to me for that so i'm i'm fine with going for it just because we're not super confident on the david anyway yeah we might as well take a shot on it okay hope yeah we'll check in for the goliath with boone then all right, and being Patrick Swayze, what did you guys have? We are in a similar kind of mindset. Uh, Marcus at first was like Bonds, and I said that's, that could be likely. I said Griffey, and Marcus was like, did his dad make an all-star game? And I was like, probably. Uh, and then when I thought about three-generation um, baseball, I thought the Boons, I, you know, because obviously – and for, at first, Marcus is like, uh, Aaron and Brett, didn't they overlap? I'm like, same generation – <laughs> their dad was Bob. <laughs> their uh, grandpa was Ray. I don't know if I think Bob did make an all-star game. I don't know about Ray. That's a little before my paying attention or being alive to pay attention to all-star games. Um, but it made the most sense. So we also checked in Goliath with the Boons. So first for David, I will tell you, um, it had said name any father-son duo, and there are multiple answers there. So the Bonds would have worked. The Griffies would have worked. The Guerreros would have worked, actually, Vladimir oh, Sr. and Jr. Yeah. But but for the Goliath, points all around, the correct answer is the Boone. So 
the Boons and the Bells, I think, were the two oh. two that I remember growing up waiting for the third, the first third generation uh, family to to hit. And I don't remember actually which one hit first, but the Boons are the only ones where all three generations made the all-star team. So uh, Ray Boone played in the mid fifties, as somebody pointed out, Bob Boone played for the Phillies and then the, the angels, he made it in both leagues in the late seventies and then early eighties. And then both Brett and Aaron uh, made it. So Brett made it in 98, uh, 2001 and 2003. And Aaron made it just in 2003. And for the record, it's to me, it's Aaron Boone, but anyway, yes. So the correct answer is the Boone. So that's Goliath answer. Goliath points for everybody. Great job. Oh, I knew Brett Boone made it because all of a sudden, it's weird. It's weird how this happened. He started blasting home runs. Yes, absolutely. And what are you trying you to know, say? It was kind of weird because after that, he didn't really. Yeah. I mean, like you said, he did make it in 03, but like it was like this very small window of him. Oh, he had a great bat flip, though. It was a ton of singles, too. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. And that thing was getting tomahawked into the ground every single time. It was fantastic. He was on that uh, that Brady Anderson, Luis Gonzalez workout plan. <laughs> and they what? all have the same personal trainer. <laughs> that's right. All right. So question number two, David, name either of the two schools that produced that has produced three Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. And question two, Goliath. What school has produced the highest number of Super Bowl starting quarterbacks, i.e., not necessarily winning quarterbacks? And I and for clarification, I assume that um, if a certain team has one quarterback, you started a bunch, it just counts as one. That's correct. Right. Okay. So the answer would not be Michigan for nine Tom Brady's. <laughs> right. Just unless unless Michigan had other quarterbacks. Right. You, you get <laughs> right. so it's it's unique, distinct quarterbacks. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Good clarification. I meant to say that anyway, before you ask. We're going to check in. All right. Bean Patrick Swayze has checked in. Team BM, you have about 30 seconds left. Oh, man. This we're, is, we're, we're stumbling around things. Uh, yeah, we're kind of working around things that aren't really getting us in any yeah, I think I think we have the David, and we may have stumbled across the other David, <laughs> trying to think about the Goliath. Yeah, um, not so much the Goliath, though. Yeah, because so I... For right off the bat, I thought Stanford, then I'm going to name two. When I started thinking Alabama has three, Stabler, Star, and Namath that yeah. all won. And we're just trying to think of guys that made it. The other one that I stumbled into trying to think of the Goliath of like more obscure schools, I think Purdue has three winners with Breeze, Greasy, and Dawson. But, but we're not help. positive that Dawson won. Yeah, that's uh, the one. I think he did because – well, yeah, he played the Vikings. So, yeah, he did have to win. <laughs> he must have won. That one. He had to win. Wow. I remember they played the Vikings. So, yeah, they had to win that one. Um, so, yeah, so, the, so that must that must be the other one then. But it doesn't help for Goliath. I don't have anything. Of all the quarterbacks I'm going through, I can't think of one. It has to be at least, you know, four or more. I can't think of a school that has four or more just from the names I have. So, we'll at least go with Alabama since that's the first one. We felt more confident about that for David because we don't have anything else. Yeah. So we'll check in uh, for David with Alabama. And being Patrick Swayze, what did you guys have? Yeah, um, we didn't do much typing. Josh and I were mostly just, you know, thinking to ourselves. Um, but we both at the same time got to Bama. I, too, wrote Stanford, Elway, and Plunkett, but couldn't think of a, of a third. Exactly. Yep. Um, 
And honestly, if I had 10 minutes, maybe I could really get into it and start getting into some areas, but there's just not enough time. So we also checked in with the David of Alabama. So both teams will be receiving David points. Uh, you guys nailed it. It was Alabama had Bart Starr, Joe Namath, and Ken Stabler all won Super Bowls. And Mason actually got the other one, was Purdue, Len Dawson, Bob Greasy, and Drew Brees. So nice to Mason. No extra points, but well yeah. done. The Goliath, yeah. I mean, so so this has got to be the biggest ragtag bunch of Super Bowl quarterbacks ever because even though they have had five different quarterbacks start the Super Bowl, only one of them has won. So we have the all-star team of Joe Cap, Vince Ferragamo, Jared Goff, Craig Morton, oh. and, and Aaron Rodgers. Wow. So Cal has had five different uh, alums who went on. And I think that Vince Ferragamo is the one that he actually, I can't remember in what order, but he went to Cal and Nebraska in some order, mm. but he was counted in this list. So that's why I wanted to clarify. But anyway, mm. five quarterbacks from Cal who have started in the Super Bowl, only one of them has won. And he's a knucklehead. I mean, was, I mean, I thought that, but the definitely those those older names on that, I never would have connected them with to Cal. them. Cal, absolutely right. The funniest thing is that for Josh's sake, for some reason, I was like sort of late one night. I was typing up this question, and I was reminding myself where they who they were quarterbacking for. And I wrote down Joe Cap Vikings, Vince Ferragamo Rams, Jared Goff Rams, Craig Morton Broncos and Cowboys. And for some reason, I wrote Aaron Rodgers. And the next thing I wrote was FTG. <laughs> so that's that's for you, too much time in the, in the on the bench exactly yeah absolutely all right bench warmer brain exactly it's some combination of bench warmer brain and covid brain for me okay question number three drafted in 2012 who was the last number one pick in the nba draft to have won a national championship in college for goliath prior to 2012 who was the last number one player in the NBA draft to have won a national championship in college? We're going to check in. All right. Being Patrick Swayze has checked in team BM. You have about 30 seconds. Yeah, this is a tough one. The, the David was fairly quick. You know, Mason, Mason sent me in. The yeah, this is right in the wheelhouse. 2012 number one pick. This just, that's automatic, automatic trigger uh, for 80. But then um, going back through like, the early 2010s and the 2000s, like there's a bunch of high school players and foreign play. Like I know yeah. Andrea Barknani, did he yeah. go number one one year? Yeah, like, oh six, I think. Yeah, like it was a whole mashup of right non-college players. Right, or if they did, they definitely didn't win a national championship. Yeah, so that's why I, I mean, after going through the names, this has to be pre 2000. This is it, correct. It has to be. There's there's nothing else there. So. Um, we're both kind of stuck on Elton Brand, but I'm just not sure. For me, I'm not sure if you won a national championship. Me neither. Like I said, I'm like 50-50 on if he won or not. It, sound, like, it sounds right because he came from Duke, and he was the first Duke player to not graduate before going to the draft and all that stuff. Um, but I'm not – I don't have a ton of thunder behind it. Right. Yeah. Do you want to just take the – Davids, we, we really don't have much for Goliath, and yeah, I just best. I would I feel bad if we left the twenty points on the table and yeah. didn't take the David. Yeah, because I shot I'd, for something that we were kind of a shot in the dark. Right, this could be this could go back even further than that. Like this could be, right? You know, this could be like a I don't know, like a Magic Johnson situation where this goes back, you know, 
Yeah. Very, well, very no, far. Oh, no, Shaq didn't win it. No. So yeah, nope, it could no, go. Even Shaq did not than, win it. I would know. It, Shaq it could go. <laughs> it could <laughs> go even farther back. That's what I'm saying. This could. This could be. Yeah. This could be very far back. So I. Yeah. It. It could be Elton Brand, but I think. Yeah. We'll stick with the with the David of Anthony Davis. Yeah. Okay. And being Patrick Swayze, what did you guys check in with? I think Elton Brand is the answer. I don't think they. I don't think he won a national championship. It does go back. I think, but not to Magic Johnson. Um, although the last name is, I think, it hopefully is right. Uh, and the clarifying point that you that David made, I think, makes me even more comfortable with my answer of Grandmama Larry Johnson because. They won the championship. He went back the next year, and then they lost to Duke. Um, and then he went into the draft after that. So he didn't win the championship and then get drafted. So I'm hoping the Goliath answer is Larry Johnson. So David first, yes. So that one was, in theory, a little bit easier, as a David question should be. And that was Anthony Davis. So everybody, everybody was all over that. And Josh is correct, um, or I should say being Patrick Swayze is correct. It goes back to Larry Johnson, and you had it exactly right, Josh. He won in 1990, and they were the prohibitive favorites uh, to win in 91 when Duke beat them in the Final Four and then went on to win, and then, of course, went on to win in 1992 as well on the later shot, yada, yada, yada. So, yes, the answer is Larry Johnson. Well done. It does not go back as far as Magic Johnson or Kareem or other people who who won championships and then came out and were number one. Oh, you're going early, early nineties though. So it's like, whew. yeah, it's getting back there. Right. I was actually surprised when I saw this stat and then I, I had to go back and walk my, walk my way back, looking at the number one picks thinking like, certainly you would think that somebody would have jumped to the top. Like Carmelo was two or three. What, what number was he was three. He was three. Right. Um, Leitner was three. Was, yeah, LeBron, yeah. Darko, Carmelo. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Uh, so that brings us to the end of our second quarter, to the end of David and Goliath. And our score is now we have a lead change based on that last, uh, buoyed by that last Goliath answer. Team Patrick Swayze has now taken the lead at 225, and Team BM is just behind. Ooh, that doesn't sound good either. And with 210, that brings us to halftime. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be three entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 25 points. So, question number one of halftime. What Heisman-winning quarterback played in the USFL, the NFL, CFL, has been a spokesperson for eugenics, and in 2021 won the WWE 24-7 championship? All right, we'll check in. All right, Team BM has checked in. So being Patrick Swayze, what we got? I mean, this has got to be Doug Flutie, right? I, 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 I think so. Did he do a WWE thing? Is that, I mean, it wouldn't surprise I, me. I haven't watched it in the only thing I've oh, watched that's the most WWE in the, like, the last three years has been WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble. And he was, I don't know when that, when this happened, but all, I mean, he fits all that. Fits. Yeah, yeah. I'm good with that. Especially in eugenics with a. Uh, Andy There's only so many of them, is there? And Frank Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to uh, let you guys know some of my taglines that I come up for those commercials that I think you'll all appreciate. Oh, maybe I'll post that in the bench one of these days. Awesome. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna check in with Doug Flutie. Excellent. And Team BM, what did you guys have? 
Yeah, uh, we had the same thing. It's really funny because uh, for a recording we did last night, we, we talked about Doug Flutie a little bit. Um, <laughs> so it's come up again. Um, but yeah, that's what we checked in with as well. And both teams are receiving points. Yeah, I, I'm amazed when I see these eugenics commercials because one thing they had Frank Thomas, I mean, Hall of Famer, back-to-back MVPs. And then they, you know, then they have Doug Flutie, Heisman Trophy winner, fairly accomplished quarterback. And then Andy Van Slyke. I'm trying to figure out, nobody knows who Andy Van Slyke is anymore. I mean, the guy was the, th- the third best outfielder on his own team with Bonds and Benilla. And he barely made all-star teams. I mean, like, well, who cares? what? It, I don't know. It's just, it's if funny. If you want to put the big hurt on that ass, try eugenics. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Question number two. This one is courtesy of the bench, uh, bench warmer. Matt Doherty. Oh, according to a recent John Oliver video, in what 1990s era basketball movie did the title character have a game stat line of two steals, five assists, two free throws, and four field goals? We're going to check in. All right. Being Patrick Swayze has checked in, leaving Team BM to talk about this one. No, I I think we're we're good. We we got it settled. We've fallen on the closest thing we can figure out it's a title character for sure yeah it definitely is i wonder who was the person that was at home just keeping track of all the stats during this movie just like oh well there you go who knows maybe it was mentioned in the movie because i haven't seen it yeah i haven't either but uh it, it fits at least for that the time frame being a title character so yeah if you want to go ahead and check it in since you came up with it yeah my first you know, based on how vague everything was and the very low stat line, we went with Air Bud. All right. And being Patrick Swayze, what did you guys have? Uh, the only thing that got me anywhere was title character. I was like, okay, so it's the name of the character is the movie. And I said to Marcus, and I didn't know if this is right or not, but I said, Air Bud, question mark. And he said, I, I said like I li- it. I said, I like it. It's a, it's a, it's a title character. Absolutely. So we also checked in with Air Bud. So both teams are receiving points. And if you have not seen the John Oliver video, it just came out. I guess he does these sort of straight to YouTube kind of kind of videos. He breaks down the movie and the Air Bud phenomenon. And of course, the wonderful quote that came from that movie, which was when when one of I guess it was the opposing coach was complaining that you can't put a put a dog on the court. The other, the other, the Airbuds coach came in and said, Hey, there ain't no rule that says a dog can't play basketball. Nothing in the rule book. <laughs> Not nothing in the rule book. Exactly right. Yeah. So nope, it's completely, absolutely... completely absurd. Um, I'm not going to lie to win a basketball game. I'll kick a dog. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, he specifically talks about how, because of course it's not mentioned in the movie, Airbud is, is, is a defensive uh, liability as well, right? I mean, he doesn't have oh, yeah. much height and he's not exactly blocking shots. All right. Well done to both teams. That brings us to the last question of halftime. What famous food brand offered Joe DiMaggio a huge bonus and an endorsement deal if he extended his famous hitting streak for just one more game? We can check in. Team BM has checked in. Being Patrick Swayze, you can talk it out. I mean, wasn't his hit streak 56 games? It was. And so one more would have been Heinz 57. So Heinz would sense. be the company, right? I mean, <laughs> is there any other 57 you know of? Um, That's a food company brand that has to do with? Little Caesars 57. I don't think so. All right. Okay. With All inflation, right. yes. We're going yeah. <laughs> to check in with Heinz. Okay. And Team BM, what did you guys have? Yeah. Uh, we, 
Byron said in this straight away, and I agree with him. Doesn't make sense that we would have got that one more. We would have got to the 57. Would have got that big endorsement deal. So, yeah, we checked in with Heinz as well. Yeah, in retrospect, maybe too easy a question for the bench warmers, but you had to break down the Joe DiMaggio's streak, of course, was 56, and then one more than that would be 57, and then know that that would have to be naturally high. So he cost himself a lot of money when he didn't uh, when he didn't uh, reach base safely. In, yeah, what a game. Yeah, yeah, what a, How dare what he a 56 jerk. and not 57? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, what do you get stuck with? Mr. Coffee commercial. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know who, who saw this. I can't remember and the exact Marilyn number. Monroe. What a failure. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Just... But, but right after he he didn't re- in his 57th game. He didn't, uh, he didn't reach base, but then he immediately started up a new hit streak, which went like 25 or 30 games. I can't remember what it was, but it was something that, you know, is, is considered a lot by today's standards. So anyway, well done to both teams for sweeping halftime at the end of halftime. Our score is team BM has 285 points and being Patrick Sweezy is still got the small lead at 300 points. Now on to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook Instagram, and Twitter at BenchWarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. Today's third quarter will be... The Missing Link. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. Question one of our missing link. This point guard was drafted 19th overall in the 1988 draft, went on to play for nine franchises in his 17-year career, and at the time of his retirement, was in the top 10 all-time in assists. I'm good with that. All right. Uh, we're going to check in. All right. Being Patrick Swayze has checked in. Team BM, it's yours to talk out. I, I just had something, like a gut instinct in the beginning. I'm trying to think if it even fits. I know he played sure. He played for a while. He was a big assist guy in the 90s. I don't know if he was top 10. It's possible. Um, but I know that Rod Strickland played for a while. And he did play for a bunch of teams yeah. too. Yeah, I vaguely remember there was a, I think it was a lucky seven or so. It was like the top assist leaders in the '90s or something, and I remember him being up there. So that's what kind of I was thinking of like '90s assist guys and. Yeah, and he's that kind of like sneaky big stat guy from that era. Yeah. So 17 years to put him in 05. It's, yeah, I guess it's possible that he played that long. I don't, I don't necessarily know that, but it, it kind of fits some of it at least the time frame for when he would have been drafted, the fact that he was the big assist guy. So, yeah. Like I said in the, the chat, like I'm like, this is definitely not my wheelhouse. I was my first instinct when I heard top 10, you know, from the nineties, top 10 all time assist was Hardaway, but there's no way he played for nine teams. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm fine with Strickland. If you want to go with it. Okay. We'll check in Rod Strickland. 
All right. And being Patrick Swayze, what did you guys have? Um, yeah, the, the, all of the things in the question looked familiar and I feel like Scott and I both between us both have guessed Rod Strickland on several point guard questions on this <laughs> podcast and they've been incorrect. And I told Josh, I go, I feel like I've looked at his page enough. I'm, I think this is Rod Strickland. So that's what we are also checking. Both teams are receiving points. And yes, I've asked one of those questions. I believe the answer was Mark Jackson and you guessed Rod Strickland. And so I was thinking, perfect that Marcus is on. I just hope he guesses Rod Strickland. It, it really, it like Eventually. Said, it was, all the things you said, I was like, I think this might be Rod Strickland. Yeah. But, but yeah. I've been burned so many times I had to throw it out to Josh. Yeah. No, it's yeah. exactly right. Well done. Well yeah, he done. Surprisingly, was pretty. He's pretty high. I mean, even still, he's still fairly high up the assist list. He's, I think, thirteen or fourteen now because some guys have passed him. But he, when he retired, he was right around nine or ten. So yes. All right. Question number two in our missing link: the only person to win batting titles in three different decades, doing so in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. He's also the first player to have his jersey retired by the only franchise for whom he played. We're going to check in. All right. Being Patrick Swayze has checked in. GBM, you want to talk this one out? Yeah. So the, the first instinct for it was kind of inspired by the last part of the question in terms of having the jersey retired by the only franchise that he played for was either George Brett or Robin Yao. And I feel like Mason feels a little bit more strongly about George Brett. I can't like placing the, the batting titles from the seventies and the nineties is tough, but I feel like in the seventies and eighties, they both probably had a shot at one Mason. What do you think? Yeah. I'm trying to think. So I know Brett had one early eighties, like in the mid to late seventies. I think he had one plausible he maybe snuck one in like 1990 1991 ish yeah i, <clears throat> I don't know how far back robin younts go yeah that's what I'm do, you, to think. do you know of anyone else besides those two who had their jerseys retired um you know by the the singular team that they played yeah. for I'll try. that's what i'm thinking Fogs yeah. obviously not. Uh, right. Other guys. Definitely not. I'm trying to think of guys in the 80s because I mean, Fogs would have clogged up a lot of those. Yeah. Batting titles in the 80s. I'm trying to think of who was winning them in the National League in those seasons. I'm fine with going with Brett since at least we have kind of a little more on that one than the other one. That's fine. We can go with that one. Yeah. We'll check in George Brett. All right. And being Patrick Swayze, what did you guys have? Yeah, I, I early on, I think I had a question about, um, I don't know, it was one of the list ones, maybe about 80s AL batting champs and um, definitely saw that this guy won, won one in the 70s and in the early 90s. And that was George Brett. Both teams are receiving points. Yeah, Brett won soon after he came up in 76. He won one in 80 and he won one in 90. So in fact, not only did he win in three different decades, but he only won three. Um, I'm not 100% positive about this. I'll have to verify. I think as good a hitter as Robin Yelt was, I don't think he ever won a batting title, at least not that I can remember. He was probably second or third a few times, but I don't think he ever won a batting title. But regardless, the rest of it obviously would have clicked, and and uh, the time frame certainly would have made sense for Robin Yelt. He won two MVPs in the, Amer in the 80s, so um, that would have been his sweet spot. So our themed-linked answers thus far are Rod Strickland and George Brett. 
Question number three. In October of 1990, she became the youngest ever tennis player to reach the top 10 at the age of 14 years, 235 days. However, she didn't win her first Grand Slam until 2001. We're going to check in. All right, being Patrick Swayze has checked in. Team BM, time to talk it out. So the two names that first came to mind for me were, for like just for that era, were Monica Seles and Gabriela Sabatini. <sighs> But Celis won before 01, though. Okay. So, yeah. She won I, the early 90s, like 92, 93. She would okay. Have, she would. I was just thinking of young, yeah. like young number ones at that time. I don't follow the, the tennis grand slams that closely. So, yeah, she won that early. For yeah, some I just, reason, yeah. like Sabatini won hers if she won it, like in the 2000s. But I, I have like almost zero thunder behind it. Yeah, I'm trying to think. So I can name some some of the people that won around 2001, but both of them I think are before that. Like Davenport's before 01. Mary Pierce I think was before 01. So we know this person's about 25 when when she won when she won her first one. But like I'm thinking of like young, young, young number ones. Yeah, this has to be somebody that was rivaling the the Williams sisters <laughs> probably. So someone that was kind of battling with them. Well, no, I mean, I know number one later, it, like towards the the Williams was Hingis, but was she around in? She wasn't around in ninety, was she? No, I have to put the time frame together. I don't think so, because that was, I know that was the main competition. Yeah, I, I thought she was later teens and and twenties, like into the two thousands, or sorry, into the late nineties and two thousands. I don't have much here, so I'm good with whatever you want to go with. I'm just throwing out the best. Oh, you're 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 putting women's tennis on me. Thanks. Well, I I mean you can put it on me. I don't have anything here. I just gave you my information as far as like I can name some so people around pick, 01. Pick between that's... Hingis and Sabatini, and we can go with it. Go Sabatini. I mean, I have no idea. I, I'm out of things, so we'll we'll check that in and hope for the best. All right, and being Patrick Swayze. I mean, it helps that um, at this at, in October of 1990, I was 15. Um, and had taken up playing tennis and watching tennis a year or two before. So uh, this kind of hit me in a pretty good spot. I think this is Jennifer Capriati. So we're checking in with that. And one team is receiving points. Yes, the correct answer is Jennifer Capriati. So she she sort of broke onto the scene um, and went very quickly into the top 10. I think she won a gold medal in Barcelona, but then soon after that, she had drug issues and she had shoplifting issues and she sort of fell off the radar for a while and then reemerged almost like as a comeback, um, even though 25 is not that old, it sort of is by women's tennis standards. But if you saw the recent King Richard movie, for which he who shall not be named won the uh, Academy Award for Best Actor, she's actually seen, I think, as, a, as an inspiration for Venus Williams, that, that Venus Williams first goes to uh, what's his name's camp in Florida. I'm blanking on his name. But when she goes, when she goes to that camp in Florida, she sees Jennifer Capriati hitting and sort of becomes part of her inspiration. So yes, the correct answer is Jennifer Capriati. Love to mix up, you know, Italian sounding names. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So our theme blink dancers thus far are Rod Strickland, George Brett, and Jennifer Capriati. Question number four for our missing link. Though he reached the playoffs in 13 of the 21 seasons in which he coached in the NFL, he ultimately retired with the most wins for an NFL coach to never win the Super Bowl. 
Well, we'll we'll check in. Yeah. All right. Being Patrick Swayze has checked in. Team BM, you've got about twenty seconds. Uh, I like I like these names. This is probably just figuring out which one's going to be the best one to go with. Yeah, it's the two who, who basically who had the longer career between yeah. the two that we have. So yeah, we start out with Bud Grant and Marv Levy, and now we're on Dan Reeves and Marty Schottenheimer. I twenty. 21 years i feel like both of them could have got there that's what's kind of yeah i don't know that i i just don't know the reeves necessarily had that longevity as as much as marty did marty has a style of well losing but a style of playing after him yeah i i'm kind of torn between them so if you're leaning schonheimer i'm fine with it It, that's it's very narrow but yeah it's so I was just trying to think of guys that coached teams to Super Bowls and lost them. You know, that that's what sure. got me to Dan Reeves, at least, to think about, you know, all the LA teams before he won and then the Falcons in the late 90s. And, but I'm fine with going Schottenheimer. If you, if you have something on that, then I'm fine I, with it. I don't. I just – I for some reason, it feels like he coached longer. Like, I, okay. couldn't, put a, I couldn't put a number to either of them. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I mean, like I, like I said, I think it's plausible they both could have went 20-plus. So, yeah, if – if you want to go, whatever you want to go with. I'm fine with going with your gut or whatever at this point. I'll stick with yours since you could name at least two playoff teams with him. Like, I, I could really only stick with the Chargers that I was following Marty with. Um, but we can go with Dan Reeves. Okay. We'll check in Dan Reeves. All right. And being Patrick Swayze, what did you guys have? Well, we, we definitely had at least one name that was uh, – on their list that they were talking about. We both had the same person, so we didn't give it much more thought. We are checking in with Marty Schottenheimer. And one team is receiving points. It is Marty Schottenheimer. You guys were at the finish line about to say Martin Schottenheimer. I was already marking down that you got points. But sadly, you switched to Dan Reeves at the end. Yes, the, the late, great Marty Schottenheimer who passed away last year at the age of 77. I had forgotten when I went to research Marty Schottenheimer that uh, his his coaching tree is just ridiculous. I mean, it's like Herm Edwards, Tony Dungy, Bruce Arians, Wade Phillips, Bill Cower, Lindy Infante. I mean, I could go on and on. The list was so extensive of guys who had some kind of, certainly some kind of coaching career, but even head coaching careers. Um, really impressive. Yeah. So our themed linked answers thus far are Rod Strickland, George Brett, Jennifer Capriati, and Marty Schottenheimer. Question number five. The only person to coach in the NBA All-Star Game in the last 10 years who had also played in the All-Star Game during his playing career. We'll check in. Team BM has checked in, being Patrick Swayze. You can talk it out. I think this is Doc Rivers. That sounds right to me. Played in an All-Star Game, coached it. Yep, Uh, I agree. you, You agree? I do. All right. We're going to check in with Doc Rivers. Okay. And Team BM, what did you guys have? Yeah, that was the first thing that came to mind. Um, would make sense, at least for the coaches I could think of. So we checked in with Doc Rivers as well. And both teams are receiving points. It is, it is in fact, Doc Rivers. I'm surprised there weren't more guys. I think, I think prior to Doc Rivers, you have to go back to Isaiah Thomas for a, for a coach in the All-Star game who had actually played in the All-Star game. So our themed-linked answers are Rod Strickland, George Brett, Jennifer Capriati, Marty Schottenheimer, and Doc Rivers. 
both teams have submitted uh, responses and both teams have gotten it correct. The uh, being Patrick Swayze team got it in just after the fourth question was read and team BM got it in just after the fourth answer was revealed. So let's go to being Patrick Swayze to reveal their answer. I don't know, Josh or Marcus, whoever. Yeah, we, you know, we had, you know, as, as we do um, anybody who's listening, who hasn't been on the show, we're texting back and forth. We're, we're putting the names all up together. And as we're sussing out that last question and we stumbled on Marty Schottenheimer, I went, Oh, Marty McFly, George McFly, Jennifer. And I went, uh, and we both went, I don't know who Rod is, but this sounds like back to the future. And we both agreed. So we sent it over. So we said, these are characters from back to the future. That is correct. And our fourth yeah, and Mr. Strickland, it is Mr. That's Strickland, what, the principal. That's what oh. me up initially oh, oh, was, oh. It was Mr. Strickland. It's it. correct. Yeah. They never, they never say his first name, of course, because he's principal Strickland, but Strickland yeah. is the one that's always you slacker, blah, blah, blah. And he says, he says to him, uh, uh, that's what that Michael J. Fox uh, says something about like, didn't that guy ever have any hair because he's bald back in the fifties as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. So famous character actor. Yes. I can't remember that actor's name, but anyway, yes. Well done. All right. So at the end of the third quarter, we have scores of team BM with 395 and being Patrick Swayze again uh, on the heels of the hundred point missing link and getting a couple extra questions. There are at 500. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsor for today's Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. That is Manscaped. Don't forget, when you go to manscaped.com, use the promo code BENCH, B-E-N-C-H, BENCH, to get 20% off and worldwide shipping for free when you use the promo code BENCH at manscaped.com. So we are now on to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of four categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. Okay. In honor of our missing link, Today's fourth quarter categories are as follows. Question one, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything in reference to NFL accomplishments. Question number two, great Scott in reference to gold glove winners. Question number three, you think I'm going to spend the rest of my life in this slop house in reference to journeyman NBA players and question four roads where we're going. We don't need roads in reference to MLB franchise leaders. It's now time for the teams to place their wagers. Now that the wagers are in, on to the questions. Question number one of the fourth quarter. If you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. There are only three players that have had 1,000 receiving yards, five rushing touchdowns, and five receiving touchdowns in the same season, all in the last 40 years. And all three played for NFC West teams. Name all three. Yeah. 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 I'm good with that. Okay. Uh, we're going to check in. All right. Being Patrick Swayze is checked in. Team BM. Talk it out. Yeah. I mean, most recently, the one you mentioned, Debo. Yeah. Cause he, he was top five in receiving yards. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I would think he had five rushing touchdowns. My next, yeah, I'd be, I'm fine with that. I just misread the question. I thought it was a thousand rushing yards. Well, I, I'm trying to think. Did, did Marshall Falk get to a thousand receiving? I that that's why I thought it was a thousand rushing yards, and he, with, okay. along with the receiving and rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Well, I just mis, misheard the question when I so reread I, it. He might. Like, I'm trying to think if he would have. Um, off of that, my next thought was Roger Craig because I believe he's the he was the first to do a thousand both ways in the same season. So okay. I'm fine with that. So I, I, it's, I, mean, I would think he'd have to have the rushing touchdowns and receiving touchdowns to do so with that. Um, so it's a third then within the NFC West, which means, you know, in the last 40 years, we got to go back to the old NFC West. It wasn't the, the Saints. West. The Saints definitely didn't have Really? Are you there. sure? <laughs> yeah, for what? sure. Well, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Archie Manning or the Seahawks doing it all by himself anyway. In the seventh. It would have been outside the time frame. But <laughs> he probably had to throw it to himself. Because there was nobody else there, um, right? Um, but but who, so before the before they went to four divisions, who was in the NFC West? Because I know the I know the Cardinals were in the East. Yeah, that the, weird. Yeah, so it was there. the 49ers, Rams, Saints, Seahawks. Well, no, because weren't they? Well, they were in the AFC. When did the and then they when they came over? I guess they would have been NFC West, and they would have had to have been. But I don't remember when they came over. Um, yeah, I can't think of anybody. Um, it, we could go, it's going to be somebody. Unless we we could go with Falk if we don't have anything else. I was going to say of, Emmett Smith never did shit with the with the Cardinals, did he? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I was no. like, he barely got a thousand rushing with. Cardinals. Yeah, I was like, that was way past his prime. Receiving, not not even close. Were there, like, were there even any receivers that were used as? That's you that's know, running situations like right like jet sweeps you know that kind of not that I can think of don't think Larry Fitzgerald would have got five rushing touchdowns you know just no. just trying to think of guys that are receivers that maybe they got well and it was yeah I mean this this whole you know whatever gadget back or you know like I don't um, think yeah, flex Cooper player Cup, like that Cooper that's a, probably didn't I don't think he no got he did a lot of things this year I don't think he did that yeah I don't think so either that's I mean Isaac yeah. Bruce five rushing. Like that would be my closest guess. I would rather Falk over that, honestly. Over okay, over, like that, that's that, fine. Uh, I mean, if we're if we're trying to get the because they did know, that was the whole thing with Mike Martz's offense was they threw the ball out of the backfield quite a bit, right? And at uh, least with Falk, we know we would get the rushing and receiving. It's plausible he could have got a thousand receiving yards in a season at least to yep. flip the third one. So okay, so if you do you want to go with those three then? Let, you might, I'm not going to come up with anything that okay. I have any thunder behind. Okay, so we're going to check in with Debo Samuel, Roger Craig, and Marshall Falk for 100. All right, and being Patrick Swayze, what did you have? Yeah, um, I know Debo just did this, um, which is why <laughs> people are like, oh, are you going to pay Debo Samuel? I'm like, you mean the guy that had uh, finished third in receiving yards and had almost 400 rushing yards and averaged six yards a carry? Yeah, I would pay him. Um, and then, um, I asked Josh, I go, Roger Craig has to be one. Cause he was the first thousand thousand guy as Mason pointed out. And I'm fairly certain that Marshall Falk was another thousand thousand guy. So I was hoping you guys would get off of it. You said it and you kept going away and I was like, Oh, please stay away. Uh, <laughs> but we checked in with the same three Debo Samuel, Roger Craig and Marshall Falk for 69 points. 
Nice. All right. And both teams will be receiving points. Well done. And yes, like Marcus, I was listening to you guys agonize over this and then <laughs> eventually keep coming back to it and keep coming back to it. But unlike Marcus, I was rooting for you to stay with the right answer. So, okay. Um, let's move on to question two. Category was great, Scott. Between 1998 and 2006, Scott Rowland won seven of nine gold gloves at third base in the National League. Name either of the other two third basemen who won during this time. Uh, we'll check in. All right, being Patrick Swayze has checked in. Team BM, you have about 20 seconds. Yeah, we, we're just kind of finishing up. Um, we threw in a couple. It was like we had... David Wright, Adrian Beltre, um, Kim Caminiti kind of on the early end. Um, decided it was a little too early for David Wright. And then we started throwing around Mike Lowell or Aramis Ramirez. Mason, do you have any thunder behind either of those? Not at all. I, I'm trying to think of any other guys around then, but I don't, I don't have any strong feelings about any of the names, honestly. Yeah, like you, Mason kind of threw it to me right before they checked in, and I like – because Lowell got the big deal from the Red Sox, like that was kind of what threw, like they were paying people at that point. They just won a World Series. They were about like, whatever, if it was in 05, they were about to win another one, you know, and I know Lowell was on the 07 team. Um, but yeah, that, that would push it over the, the finish line for me for Lowell. So we can check in with that if you're comfortable with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that because at least we know is Marlon's career is solidly in that time frame that it's yeah. very plausible he could have got one somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah, we'll so. check it with Mike Lowell. All right. And being Patrick Swayze, what did you guys have? How many points did they wager? One hundo. I was looking, thinking more of the front end of that. Um, I first Marcus sent to me Chipper Jones, and I don't I don't recall him being uh, a gold glove winner. I don't know if he ever won one or not. In the late 90s, early 2000s, Robin Ventura was on the Mets, and I know he won, I don't know, three, four uh, gold gloves with the White Sox, and I thought there's a good chance he might have won one in with the Mets. So we checked in with Robin Ventura for 69 points. Ooh, nice. Both teams are receiving points. Oh, the, the two nice. answers, the two answers are Robin Ventura and Mike Lowell. What caught my eye about this is that uh, even though both of them obviously had a decent career in the National League, Robin Ventura to me will always be an American leaguer, and Derek Walling will always be the guy who Nolan Ryan beat up on the mound, <laughs> and Mike Lowell to me will always be the 2007 AL uh, World Series MVP, as Byron mentioned. So yes, very nicely done to both teams. All right. So real quick, David. Yes. One of the things I texted to uh, to Marcus when I was talking about Robin Ventura is, yeah, uh, I know he was more known for his glove, and then in parentheses, besides being punched by Nolan Ryan. Yeah. Yes. Well, he was actually. I was reading an article about him not that long ago, but he he was one of the most prolific college hitters of all time. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. he, he was absolutely amazing. He had something like a. Speaking of hitting streaks, so we were talking about Dimaggio a little while ago. He had something like a sixty-something game hitting streak in college. Um, which I guess, you know, is obviously much easier than in the major leagues, but still um, shows some consistency. I mean, he hit right. pretty well in the, in the, he did, he leagues, did. But, oh, for sure. He did. But he definitely was, he definitely had a, he had a glove for third base. So. Absolutely. Um, his primary job was to protect Frank Thomas, but yes. <laughs> All right. Question three 
and you think I'm going to spend the rest of my life in this slop house? Though he has never won a championship, what current NBA player holds the record for playing for eight different teams in the NBA playoffs? We'll check in. All right, Team VM has checked in. I'm going to give you a hard 30 seconds here, being Patrick Swayze. Talk it out. All right. Um, I don't know. Not... Nick Batum's been in the league for so long, but I just... But I don't think he's played on that many teams, though. Has he? Yeah. I mean, Clippers, Hornets, Trailblazers. I feel like he's one of these guys that gets bounced around and trades a lot because... But I just... I, I think you're right. I don't think it's him, but I'm really having, having trouble figuring out how many teams has Carmelo been on he hasn't been on eight teams has he no 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 not eight Ugh. like Could I said be... the only one I could think of that definitely was on a, that many teams was like JaVale McGee but I think he's one I, 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 he hasn't been uh, on eight teams and he, I, okay no <laughs> I think he's only been on like three or four okay yeah, yeah, yeah. And Crawford retired, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. But didn't he just retire? Yeah, like just recently. So but I don't he think just he, but he played on some bad he played on some bad teams though. All right. Uh do you want us to go with Nick Batum? Because sure. I don't okay. We're gonna check in with Nick Nick Batum for 69 points. All right. And team BM, what did you guys have? Oh, this was a struggle. Um I this is the best answer we had from we just try to think of guys that Play for a lot of teams. Um, I bounced around Trevor Ariza, but he won a championship, so that got out. Rondo's played for a lot, won a championship. So I was just trying to think of a guy that is older that's played for a lot. And I was thinking of the teams, and I we both don't think he won one, so hopefully he works. Because um, he's on a playoff team now. Um, he's playing for the Nuggets. So we checked in with Jeff Green for 95. One team is receiving points, mm. and that and that is the team that guessed the player who made the playoffs with Oklahoma City, Boston, Memphis, Clippers, Cleveland, Houston, Brooklyn, and now Denver, and as, as of yet to win a championship in his career, and that is Jeff Green. Well done to Team BM. What a nobody, what a nobody uh, name. Oh, Great job. Don't talk about Jeff Green like that. I love what that. a nobody. You know he's got a nobody name. I'm not saying he's oh, a nobody. Jeff Green. Jeff Green. What oh, a if I would have thought, if I would have thought of him at all, I would have jumped all over that. It's absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once, once Nate, once uh, Mason said it, I was like, oh, he's played for a lot of teams. And I was, for some reason, I thought he won. Playoffs. I thought he won one for some reason, but then Byron's the one that told me. He didn't no, he he, he definitely enough. wasn't on any of those Boston teams. He was on yeah. like the Boston resurgent that couldn't quite get there. Yeah. He's got such a forgettable name. I just. That's a not big, a name I would think of. Jeff a big guy, Green. a big guy that can guard one through four. Like he's been on so many teams because and half a heart apparently. Yeah, and half a heart. Yeah, yeah. And we have a lead change. Team BM has surged out to the lead with 690 points, and being Patrick Swayze has 569 points, which means it will all come down to this fourth question. The category is roads. Where we're going, we don't need roads. What 21st century pitcher? is the only pitcher in the top six in all-time saves for four different franchises, even though he is only number 20 overall. Hint, all four of the teams are west of the Mississippi. We're going to check in. Being Patrick Swayze has, for the last time, checked in. And for the last time, Mr. BM, 
Team BM, we will give you 20 seconds. Yikes, that will that. Golly, is... like, I can't even think of journeyman relievers that have gone to four of those teams. Right, and, and to think, to be in top six, they would have to pitch a few years at each spot. To, sure. To get the, so it's got to be someone that's like, stays for a few years, then leaves, and stays for a few years, and leaves. Yeah, I was thinking of the expansion ones just because it'd be easier to get in the top six if it's a newer yeah. franchise. So like Rockies and D-backs, if there's somebody that we could connect there, maybe we could. No, notable trivia category, Rockies, you know, closers. Like I'm, I'm like trying yeah. to like dig deep and like. Pitchers in general. Exactly. They pitch there? Really? The Deo Nomo pitched there. That's, that's yeah. my like Rockies trivia for pitchers. Well, you got a new one because Kyle Freeland just got, got paid. Who? Exactly. <laughs> Their ace. Yeah. In quotes. And Josh, I don't owe you five bucks because I just said regular who. That's all right. Nobody ever actually pays me the five bucks. <laughs> Jerks. <laughs> I say. My only, I don't know, strong feeling. Where did Gagne go after the Dodgers? Did he stay in the West? I don't think, no. Like, the only name that keeps coming back to me is Heath Miller, but he came from the Marlins. He stayed at the Padres for a couple of years, and for some reason, I feel like he bounced around the, the NL West, but I have, like, almost no thunder. It doesn't say he exclusively played for the four teams. That no, he's, so that's I know, the, but... Yeah, yeah, so that, I mean, it could it could be him, you know, because it's not it, it's not saying that, oh, he only played for those four teams that... Right, the West, he the just ends up in the top six of four in those, of those four teams. yeah so i'm if you want to go with that if you have that that's the only I, thing you have then yeah whatever we'll check in for 100 points with heath miller all right and being patrick swayze what did you have heath miller played tight end for virginia guys so i don't think that's right oh he oh he um i thought it was another gonna guy bug me about the, now it's anything. gonna bug me about the last name <laughs> um but we're looking at the criteria um, there was one name that I could think of who was good and played on multiple teams that faced the Mariners. And then I had recollections of him playing on other teams. So this is, I don't have, I don't have a bunch of confidence, but Josh and I discussed this one name and we both kind of were like, yeah, I mean, we could see it. Um, but a thorn in uh, Mariner sides for the A's and the Angels and then the other teams I could think of that he played for were the Rockies and the Padres um, is Houston Street. So that's what we checked in with for 69 points. So, so for the record, is Heath Bell I was thinking of. Ah. So one team is receiving points. It was the tight end, Heath Miller. And, <laughs> and, and your not-so-subtle hint in this case was – Roads, where we're going, yeah. we don't need roads, but we do oh. need streets. Oh, didn't That's even think not... of that. Ah, so it is, in fact, Houston Street. He is number three all-time with the Rockies, number four all-time with the A's, number five all-time with the Padres, number six all-time with the Angels, and now number one in Marcus's heart. So, yes, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it is you, It is Houston Street. Unbelievably nice pull, even with you had to just drive the, the dagger in, like he, the Texas Longhorns own like Houston Street. I'm like, now I can never go back to Austin. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm stuck in Peoria. <laughs> I can never go this, back home. This is, this is how insane this is. 
Josh at 827 says West Coast closers go over the past 20 years. And I just said Houston Street. And then he went, ooh, bunch of O's. And then he said A's and Angels, right? And I go, yeah. And then we just started th- thinking about totally forgot other about teams. For him. And they all matched up with West. We're like <laughs> four teams in the West. I don't know why yeah. that's the first name I said. But then we just started talking about it and it made sense. The other it's whoever whoever said in the discussion as it was going on that it had to have been a guy that I think it was Mason who said it that it had to have been somebody who was a few years here switched teams a few years here because uh, I read I read off I read essentially off, Houston Street story and, and I and I read off the teams but I will tell you he didn't have a hundred saves with any of them and that's, that's the funny thing he had eighty four with the Rockies ninety four with the A's eighty with the Padres and sixty six with the Angels but he had that more was with the A's just enough. Yeah, it was just enough to crack the top six for four different franchises. Wow. So there you go. Well yeah. done. If I, Marcus well, wasn't on my team, that wasn't going to happen. Because like he said it, well, I just said, and, West Coast closers, go. So <laughs> that was the that was the West Coast like split. I was thinking of NL, like what, like who who beat the Giants a bunch. Like I was trying to like come up with like, who did we face on different teams? And nobody came to mind. Well, this is where there are where 21 years of baseball misery can help you out. Yes, exactly. You see a lot of freaking people that mine reset about seven years ago. So <laughs> there aren't, there are not that many teams west, west of the Mississippi. So they're not. No, Mason typed people. them all out. I added yeah. one and I'm like, I can't think of who played for these teams. Right. And uh, I think of where Target Fields is. is that well, and west of- it's, it's west. That's what I was thinking it would be. But I'm pretty so, sure it's west. It's really close to the Mississippi, so right. I'm not yeah. quite sure what side of the river it's on. Originally, I thought I started thinking about Arthur Rhodes because you said Rhodes, and I'm like, that's too on the nose. Yeah, and he was the setup guy, right? In Rangers, yeah, but, right. But a street big it, career street, in Texas. Street is not too right on the nose, but yes. All right, that was a oh. really well crafted question. Thank that, you. that was really good. Well, well done to the team that got it, even with even without the hint. So our game has come to an end. And here are the final scores. Team BM finishes with 590 points. But our clipboard captains of the game who are receiving the coveted PJ Walker Award with being Patrick Swayze, is being Patrick Swayze, sorry, with 638 <laughs> points. Well done. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we call it a night? Um, what's, what, are the, what are the five pillars of, uh, of Patrick Swayze, uh, Josh, or the, the five you know, essential components of Patrick Swayze? Tender strength, pure adrenaline, hungry eyes, peaceful warrior, and the mullet. I feel a lot of tender strength right now, and I want to tenderly hug everyone on this screen right now because this was fun. I I mean, uh, David, this was probably my favorite game of yours that you wrote. It was it was challenging, but it was gettable, and we. I feel like I mean these are high scores, so. What can you say about a game where there's high scores? But I feel like we were using our our time, you know, each time. So it's it's a it was a great game. Um, Byron, glad to have you on again for the second time in two, in two days. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna camp nice. out here, you know. I'll just I'll just show up on Zooms randomly. Well, we know that he can't go back to Austin, so he's gonna no. have plenty of time on his hands. No, I'm gonna have the out. Houston Street fans, the the Streeters or whatever they're called, like after me at the airport. <laughs> Streeters. <laughs> It's like the believers, the Houston and the streeters. There you go. That's awesome, Josh Mason. Um, yeah, that was a good game, David. And I, I know that you had to rewrite half of it, but uh, 
kudos for getting getting it up and ready to go again with take two um byron thank you for coming on uh, again in rapid succession and then just being willing to come on our show and being a patron and all that goodness um I mean, you're like one of the shining examples of the year, one of those people that we do this for you guys. And um, the fact that you enjoy it and you, you float a little cash our way to help cover expenses. We really appreciate that. Thank you. Mason. It was a fun game. Um, I enjoyed being partners with Byron, even though we couldn't get there in the end. Oh, so close, but you know, it was still a good game. I enjoyed it. Um, thanks for writing it, David. Appreciate it. Yeah. And Byron, let's put you on the spot. Yeah, no, it, I, man, I mean, this this was actually the perfect, like, work trip. I came on on Sunday. There was, we'll say, technical difficulties on Sunday. <laughs> um, but, you know, to, to be able to come back on on Tuesday and, you know, fill up my, you know, my hotel time here on the on the road for work, you know, it, was, it, it ended up work, working out perfectly. I like hanging out with you guys, um, like being on the show. You know, so, yeah, and whatever it, it it wasn't a i know david you felt bad you know with the technical difficulties the first time but i i had a blast both times you know the first time it was just kind of hanging out with my buddies essentially and then this time was competing and you know coming up a little bit short but you know hey it was a great time and i love coming on so anytime you guys want me i'll be here yeah byron that it was awesome it was great to have you both times and just because we've all alluded to it, I will just sort of come clean and say that two days ago, we were set to do a recording. We got about halfway through, only to realize due to gross negligence that yours truly had forgotten to hit the record switch. So after a minor tantrum, we took about 48 hours to recover, and now we're back to record again. So we do bounce back. Um, I think we made it happen. So it was good stuff. Byron, Thanks for the flexibility in the schedule. I think it was awesome. Marcus, you want to say something else? Yeah, I was going to say shout out to Philip Sanford, who was with us on Sunday. Couldn't be yeah, here today. Yeah, he was a great It was a great time hanging with him. Yes, yeah. shout out to him. And uh, Byron, please protect yourself because I have seen video people of Byron getting absolutely tatered on a sideline play in a college football game. It's in yep. the Twitter sphere somewhere. You can find it. Um, and it was fantastic. But I hope it doesn't happen again. You're, no, you're okay, my, so we can laugh about it. I now. was very lucky that my head smacked off the the astroturf and I was not concussed. Right. Wow. <laughs> so Holy crow. head on a swivel out there. Shout out to the Texas Tech medical staff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and we we should have a special call out for Philip Sedford, who who on the episode that is now forever lost, he was halfway through to getting his smoking jacket on his fifth episode. It was. We, we, oh, man. And we pulled the plug. So we will have to have Philip back on. And by the time this records, hopefully Philip will have completed the Eugene Marathon, which he told and us about in that in that recording. Slightly so, behind that was probably the best episode title that you guys missed out on. By <laughs> recording. Yeah. We, we can leave that, you know, it's just a secret among us. Oh, no, no, no. Let's get it I out think, there. I think you can reveal it. Go ahead, Byron. Lay it on us. Well, David, I I would say misworded a question where he mentioned a boxer with a twelve a nine and three record as a one time boxer. I said that sounds like a twelve time boxer to me. David countered with, "Wow, well, okay, one time guest," and I countered and said, "No, eight time guest." So title. That leaves it to me to uh, to close us out, to thank Byron one more time, to thank everybody for a great game, a close game, a competitive game, and I'm I'm glad you guys. Uh, 
rolled with my questions, even though I had to rewrite some of them and pull out some flavor text in less than 48 hours, which is not always my strength. So thank you to all of our listeners. And thank you for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at BenchwarmersTP. Um, I, 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 I got... I, 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 I,